At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome back to the John Katz Matidis Cats at Night Show. Now on the line for us, Ambassador John Bolton. How are you, sir? Glad to be with you. Thanks for having me. So talk to us. We see President Biden. He's in the Middle East, the famous uh, fist bump heard around the world with the Saudi crown prince. Uh, what have you heard? What do you know? Well, I don't think uh, very much comes out of this uh, meeting. Uh, the White House has touted uh, an announcement by the Saudis and others that they'll be increasing their oil production in July and August by about 50 percent. That sounds like a lot, but uh, OPEC last month already agreed to a production increase. Uh, and I, I, we don't know for sure, but I doubt that Saudi Arabia has announced it's going to increase its production more than it agreed with its OPEC partners. So I think that is probably baked into the oil price and don't think it will have much impact on gasoline in the United States at the pump, which is what Biden was really after. I mean, I think the real impression Biden's visit to Saudi leaves is that after saying he was going to make Saudi Arabia a pariah, because of the killing of uh, the journalist Jamal Khashoggi, uh, he's gone. He's asked uh, for Mohammed bin Salman, the crown prince, to do something for the United States. He's got it, and he's uh, he's uh, given up on the, the campaign rhetoric uh, that he used uh, in the 2020 election. So it ca- he 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 went he went answer the phone. Or the Saudis wouldn't answer the phone against uh, uh, President Biden, and I guess he decided to go. Uh, in person, uh, is there still a little bit of soreness in relationships uh, between the two? And uh, are the Saudis also uh, close to, still close to Putin? Uh, where, where, where's that relationship like? Well, I think uh, the, uh, there's certainly a lot of soreness left between uh, the Saudis and the Emiratis and others and the Biden administration. Two principal reasons. Number one, the Biden administration continuing determination against all logic and and fact to go back into the 2015 Iran nuclear deal, which the Saudis have the same position on as the Israelis. They think that's a big mistake, number one. And number two, the the view that the Biden administration has that the civil war in Yemen is really the fault of Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates, rather than Iran, which is supplying the Houthi rebels with drones and missiles that they are firing at civilian targets in Saudi and uh, and the UAE. And we don't know much more about the discussion that's just concluded between Biden and the Crown Prince, MBS, uh, but I'd sure like to know what that exchange was. The fact is, right now in the Middle East, we've got a closer relationship between uh, most of the Gulf Arab states and Israel than they do with the United States. The, the Russian connection is, look, they're, they're hedging their bets. They think the, the administration's fickle, uh, they worry about uh, what its climate change objectives are. Uh, so so they're going to hedge their bets with Russia, with China. That's not in the U.S. best interest, but they're being pushed away from the U.S. by this administration. Uh, Ed Cox here. Also, 
This, Ed, the, Ed, Ed, I interrupted you last time. I'll, I'll take the next question. You do this one. Yeah. Does Does Biden know what he's doing here? He's arming the Ukrainian to the teeth to kill off Putin's army and uh, maybe Putin politically, uh, and yet using Putin to negotiate with Iran a deal while he's visiting is Israel and Saudi Arabia. Uh, does he know what he's doing? Well, it's uh, no. The answer to that's no, uh, Ed. You're right, but <laughs> but neither does the rest of his administration, and it shows how jumbled up their policies are. This Iran nuclear deal is a relic from the Obama years. The Trump administration got out of it quite correctly. Going back in is a big mistake, uh, and and siding in effect, looking to Iran to provide stability in the Middle East is is the right answer only for Iran. For everybody else, Israel and the Arab states alike, they see Iran as the main threat. So uh, I just – this is uh, – it's like Biden has gone into a, a memory hole uh, of 10, 15, 20 years ago and can't come back out of it. And what about the uh... – I, I understand, though. I understand that there's a, an Iran deal in the making that's a big problem for our country. What in, in the rumor mill, what have you heard? Well, I think the administration, which said like last October, OK, we're, we're just about done negotiating with Iran to try and find a deal that that it, it's uh, it's a, it's a deal that won't that simply won't die. Uh, the, the Iranians have asked for a number of concessions. They keep coming back to number one for Biden to pledge that no future U.S. administration will withdraw from the deal, which is impossible for them to commit to. Uh, or number two, even more offensive, is that uh, the administration take uh, Iran's Revolutionary Guards Corps, their, the, the, the most fanatic uh, element of their military, off the list of uh, foreign terrorist organizations, which Biden has now said he won't do. I, I don't know what the compromise is. Frankly, they should have given up on – they never should have gotten into trying to renegotiate the deal, and they should have given it up a long time ago. But it's got such significance for them politically – they haven't been able to let it go. There is no good deal with Iran that allows them any capacity for uranium enrichment. That was the central flaw of the 2015 deal. It would be the central flaw if we went back into the deal today. And Ambassador, it's Richard Weinberg. And what about the so-called declaration, this Jerusalem declaration about pledging the security of Israel and the, uh, the, Arab, uh, the Arab states? What is that all about and how does that work out in terms of these negotiations? Well, I do think, as a number of people have pointed out, there is an interesting symbolic significance, a plus for Israel, frankly, a plus for the United States, to call it the Jerusalem Declaration. It's an acknowledgment Jerusalem is the capital of Israel, not not that most people had any doubt about it, but in the Democratic Party, for, for many of their most radical uh, members of Congress, that they didn't like that. Biden has agreed to it. But if you look at the substance of the declaration, uh, what they say about the uh, Iran getting a nuclear weapon is existing declared U.S. policy. I think a as a matter of uh, substantive policy coming out of the Israel trip, not much new. Ambassador Bolton, would you want to clarify your comments? I mean, there was such an uproar about uh, overthrowing the governments, about Europe and all that other stuff. Sure. Look, uh, it, it has been a policy of the United States to look out for its own national interest. And that has included the full spectrum of, of U.S. power. You ask me uh, to prevent Iran or North Korea from getting deliverable nuclear weapons that could hit the United States. Would I support regime change? Would I support a coup d'etat against those regimes? 
You better believe I would. And let's just not forget Joe Biden, who said a mere month, few months ago that he didn't uh, want Putin to stay in power in Russia because of uh, their invasion of Ukraine. Now, his his administration rolled that back. But there's a long tradition here. You go back to John Kennedy uh, trying to overthrow Castro in the Bay of Pigs invasion, overthrowing the Diem regime in Vietnam in 1963. I could go on. It's a long list. I think the snowflakes uh, uh, were clutching their pearls when they heard that. But, uh, you know, we ought to do what's good for the United States. Ambassador Bolton, then why such a backlash? Because if anybody knows history, that we should be putting America first. Well, you know, you know where the backlash came from? The Russians didn't like it. The Chinese didn't like it. Erdogan in Turkey didn't like it. Evo Morales, the uh, uh, near communist in Ecuador, didn't like it. I, I was quite happy to be criticized by those people. Well, thank you so much, Ambassador John Bolton. Thank you for everything that you do and for being a great American. Thank you, sir. Well, thanks for having me. Have a good weekend.